This is the final boarding call for passengers Peter Pancake and DJ Paradise. DJ Paradise, Peter Pancake. Huh. Ladies and gentlemen, the main cabin door is now closed. We would like to welcome you aboard the one and only Connecting Flight Radio. Yo, 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 we are on episode 47 of Connecting Flight Radio. I am DJ Paradise, and I only have three words for you guys. Bucks in six. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Bucks in six. You got to lose two to win in six, baby. Mm. Although the first two games were the ones they lost. But, hey, get them over with, right? They lost two. Uh, as of tonight when we're recording this, which is Wednesday night, the Bucks are now tied 4 4. Yes, they are. So we're hype, but um Yes they are. Dude, let's let's talk about these past week these past weeks, because I don't know what's been going on. We've been late on episodes and stuff, but we've been moving. We've been traveling, shaking and baking. Life oh, is back to yeah. normal and it's been it's been pretty good. Uh yeah, things have been grooving along. So let's start Fourth of July weekend. So you came to Indianapolis. I did. You flew here um thursday had some delicious chicken i did we had some uh chicken we had some what was it the bacon was bomb it was so good i accidentally yep. threw it in the trash and then i pulled it out and of the trash and it ate it it was that good it was, it was so repulsive when you, it, it, you know um, it was on the top of the trash it was all good we have a sports update for you dj paradise played soccer in indianapolis yeah for the first time in forever i didn't how was that it was good it was it was a really good time so i like like to think that i'm in good shape but it's different like you know running long distances for long periods of time doing like endurance training to running sprints you know when you're playing soccer real i was so winded uh dude peter pancake was running circles around me but it's all good it was a it was a good time i think peter scored like a double hat trick I like had a couple near close goals. I had like an assist or two, and that was it. It was cool. I was a yeah. It was role uh, player. We played yeah. We played two games, uh, fifty minutes each game, twenty five minute halves. I scored a hat trick the first game, and then I only scored two goals the second game. So uh, definitely let my let my team down in the second game. But that first game was a lot of fun. You went out for a second though. I was worried. Oh yeah, yeah. My knee was like messed up, but. Like, I just needed to, like, kind of stretch it out a little bit, and then I was fine. And then once the adrenaline started pumping. And, you know, it's funny. I Mm -hmm. think – I don't know if I told you this. So, my knee had been bothering me for maybe, like, three weeks before that. And my knee's been fine ever since then. So, I feel like I might have, like, knocked it back into place. and like It's kind of like – yeah. It's kind of like uh, f- the physical trauma may have like actually jump started your yeah your yeah heel like it feels process. yeah it feels fine now so ever since yeah. then it's been good I mean my legs were sore as shit like <laughs> from running but you Bro, know but my knee yeah, felt fine the next day you were, the next day you were just like I'm I'm just gonna lay here real quick yeah it was <laughs> it was a good time but um yeah so thanks for thanks for getting me on the soccer train uh it's been good because I played that soccer and then we were watching. You know, there's been there's been just a lot of soccer, a lot of football, as yep. they call it in most parts of the world. Uh, the World Cup happened. Italy won the or not the World Cup, sorry, the Euro, Euro. the Euro uh, 2020 happened, and well, even though it happened in 2021, Italy won. So my future home country of Italy ended up winning that. That was lit. 
Uh, then yeah. we got the, we got also, I don't know if I told you this, but gold cup, which is the essentially the Euro cup, but of the North America and Central America and the Caribbean, uh, mm-hmm. the final is going to be at Allegiant stadium in Vegas. So I'm going to that game. So obviously, hopefully USA makes it, but I bought a ticket for whoever makes it to that game. So August 1st, I'll be there. So anyone in Vegas going to the gold cup, say what up. Real, real cool invite, bro. I mean, you know, I bought two. Real t- I got cool bought two tickets. If you, if you make it out here, maybe I'll give you the other ticket. Yeah, no, go with Brian. That's probably what's gonna happen. But yeah, she's a fan. Yeah. So we did that Thursday, Friday. We drove up to Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Um, and Friday was a funny night because it was in between the Bucks games. Yeah, yeah. So we like played at uncle bucks our old stomping ground mm-hmm. shout out dj broadway what up, what up uh lawrence delicious dinner that was some pretty good food you ate everything Dude, we had so much food on the tables and then i had food to go and then i ate some of it to go and then i gave it to one of the bartenders later yeah it was a good time yeah uh, we we I, I felt straight up like five and eric deluxe if they're ever like out before a gig they just like eat everything yeah it was it was bomb order everything but yeah so it was yeah, it was it a kind of weird night because like you were saying so there was a game on thursday and there was a game on saturday but we were on that friday game mm-hmm. so then uh what dj broadway was explaining to us was that on that off night between the playoffs like no one comes out because they save themselves for the next night so it was yeah. Yeah, it was kinda kinda slow, you know, a little little dead, not gonna lie, but we made the most of it. Yeah, I mean we had fun. Uh, the upstairs, so we were split leveled, so you were playing downstairs, I was playing upstairs. The upstairs closed before the downstairs mm-hmm. closed. Um but nevertheless, like it's Milwaukee, we love Milwaukee. And then Saturday Here we go. Saturday was sick. So Saturday was fun all around because a we got a good run in. Yeah, we ran in the morning so, and we did we did something else too. Like, phys- oh no, I was just recovering. From- went, no, no, no. So we went to my we went to my parents for breakfast. Oh, okay, yeah. And then we ended up running in the afternoon so we could eat later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we we're like, yo, we gotta we gotta run so we can eat these tacos. Mm-hmm. So did a nice little golden hour run that was pretty sick. Uh, ran down to the lakefront and then we ended up going to Vagabond to watch the game. Yes. Um, shout out Vagabond with their delicious tacos, the best, and their uh, birrias. That was the, really yeah, the birria tacos. Yeah, with the little dip, you yeah. dip it in the consume. Those dip. those were fire. Yeah, they, I, to yeah. me, that's the best food. That's like I think my favorite restaurant that I've been to in Milwaukee, like all around. I know those the wings are good at Points East that we didn't make it to, but I say overall, yeah. like if I want one place to eat, it's probably Vagabond. Oh, I feel that. And then we ended up like checking out the Deer District where all the fans are posted up outside uh, for the game. It was nuts. That was overwhelming. So we moseyed on over to uh, RWB and the Bucks won that night to go to the finals. So the place was like, it was maybe 930. The place was already like at capacity. Yeah. Um, and we kind of went in at a hundred from the jump. So I, ironically, this next episode where we do our mix, I think we're just going to upload that, yeah, that night for sure. Um, because it was a wild, wild 
chain of events, which was like really fun. It was really fun. I I had a lot of fun. I think you did. Hell um, yeah, we man. kept to our we kept to our twenty nine minute sets. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a good time. Yeah, the energy in there just because. Yeah, like as soon as the Bucks won, and then so Peter goes. I mean, we'll you'll hear this in the next episode that comes out. But yeah, <laughs> Peter went on and just went a hundred percent. Like it was the peak of the party, and it, I had. To, I was though. like, yeah, but it made sense because the Bucks literally just won, and then so you'll just hear random like Bucks in six, Bucks in six, like chants like randomly because I don't know everyone yeah. was so hyped. So yeah, and for context for people who don't know. Um, RWB is literally right across the street from the stadium. Like it's like a four minute walk mm-hmm. from a Pfizer form. Not the, even. Yeah. Not even. Like yeah. Yeah. It's it's right there. I could throw a rock and hit the state. I could <laughs> I could throw a rock and hit Giannis's uh, pitcher on the side of the board. Like it's <laughs> it's that close. So I don't know. That was that was super fun. And then uh, Sunday was like a kind of unexpected dope event. Go ahead. Tell tell them about that one. So Sunday was a really, really fun, like, cap to the weekend. We had a surprise gig pop up for us at Malone's on Brady. Shout out to Josh and and Sam Malone for setting that up with us. So it's this, like, really narrow bar, and we set up on the bar. So we're, like, very intimate with the the patrons. Mm -hmm. It's kind of cool. Like, you're, like, up close and personal with them. Um, they're pretty respectful of your like gear though. Like yeah. I, I felt like everyone was pretty respectful of the turntables and everything. And we used like turntables, which was great. Yeah, yeah. One of them was a European plug, which was yeah, hilarious. yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> uh, shout out to shout out to YB who uh, keeps his turntables there. So we got to use his. Um, literally, throwback hip hop. So like we're talking like '90s, early 2000s hip hop. And then near the end of the night, we just got we just went in. Dude. Like it was just a party. Yeah, it got crazy. Like it was. It was like one of those moments where like, you know, so so I think did you go on first on that one too? Or was that No, 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 I went on first. No, no, I went on first. So I went on first. He was like keep it old school hip hop. So I was playing the old school hip hop, you know what I mean? And then Peter went on and he he, he like kept it old school and then he played like a little bit newer stuff. So I was like, "Okay, I, I see what I can do here." And then Peter went back on and then I went back on and then the la- I think the last in the last hour, it just got crazy. Like, I think people just walked in, and by the end of it, it was nuts. Like, it was packed. It was almost the same energy as RWB, not quite, but in, like, this small little enclosed bar. And they were just like, yeah. yo, we need to end it right now because this is getting too out of hand. Um, that was fun. I wish we would have recorded that one, too. But I- Like, there were probably, I would say, what? Like, there were probably... 30 people and it was no 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 no. it was definitely more than 30 i think 50 by the end yeah by the end it was like yeah probably like 50 something like because it was because because it took me a minute to get to like just to get to the bathroom and the bathroom is only maybe like 20 feet away like it took me like a couple minutes (laughs) to like scoot through all the people and uh scoop oh excuse me excuse me excuse me so yeah yeah exactly excuse me yeah and then so uh yeah malone or break Malone's on Brady Street. Brady Street is dope. Yep. So for all y'all that haven't been, if you ever make it out to Milwaukee, go to Brady Street. I like the vibe of that street. It's really dope. All the little bars yeah. and shit. Yeah. And then Monday you celebrated your last uh last night in Chicago. So we went down and hung out with Ankit. Yeah. Um also shout out to that dumpling spot. Oh my goodness. That was so no. good. What was the name of that? You remember? Nope. No. It's Shang Shang Dynasty. Shang Dynasty Shang 
Xi'an Dynasty. Zheng, yeah, dumplings. there you go. Xi'an Dynasty, Dynasty dumplings. dumplings. Yeah, that shit was bomb. So if you're ever in Chicago, just get the dumplings. Skip the ramen. Just get the dumplings. Is Skip bomb. the ramen. Skip the noodles. Just get the dumplings and the and the what did we get the the pancakes. Yeah, the little. Like the, it was like a burrito but with eggs. Like I don't know how to really explain yeah. it. It was fucking bomb. But it was sick. It we'll, was sick. Yeah, we'll have a connecting bites radio episode of that soon. So that was a that was. We a, did take footage. We did take video footage of that. Yeah. yeah. So that was a that was a um, fun you, fun Fourth of July trip. I went home. I went home early that day because I had to work Tuesday. But you ended up staying going to a Cubs game. Yeah, yeah. you ended up like seeing a bunch. Oh of people, yeah. Right? Okay. You want to hear about this? Uh, I guess we got time. I'll, I'll shorten it up. So we went to the Cubs game. Um, it was a good time, even though the Cubs lost thirteen to three. No big deal. Um, but that was my first time at Wrigley because uh, I've always wanted to go see a game there. And then we went and had some like ice cream afterwards. And then my cousin, Kai, was in town. Uh, Kai, I don't know if she listens to this, but um, she's from L.A. So she happened to be in Chicago at the same time. So we met up with her at Joy District. We were like up on the rooftop of Joy District. Uh, we had a couple shots. I was like, all right, this is my cousin. Have a couple shots. It was cool. And then... Um, it was like weird. So in downtown Chicago, because there's like a lot of residential buildings, they closed down yeah. all the rooftops at like midnight. So it was like kind of this weird like thing. And then we went downstairs and it was lit downstairs for a little bit. And then we went over to this other club called Prism, which is like the I call mm-hmm. it like the you know, it's, it's probably like the premier club in Chicago, especially for like EDM music. And uh, I forget the names of the DJs that were there. But I did see DJ Mr. Shaw, which is a uh, is the homie. He's come and see me in vegas a couple times so i hung out with him and then we were out till like six in the morning and i was telling D- yeah shout out to dj Ankit. i don't know if we shot at him yet um i know he listens to the podcast he had me out till six in the morning so we're out until the sun was up i was like bro i want to go home and he was like yo you have to have a chicago night i don't want to hear your bullshit and i was like what is a chicago and i just want to go to sleep but yeah we end up going to sleep when the sun was coming up so good times and then uh the next day we went and he did like a photo shoot we were on the south side we ate some pizza had a cheese steak or some shit and he took me back to the airport so shout out to lucy shout out to Ankit, um shout out to everyone that i saw in chicago it was a good trip and shout, was a great out, shout out to you I, for bringing yeah. me out shout out to everyone in milwaukee hey i'm the best talent buyer you got baby i appreciate it yeah, yeah. and then uh we got to wrap this up. We're already at like 15 minutes. Yeah. Dang. Uh, um, so we'll make this quick. Uh, so my last weekend, I was in Boston mm-hmm. uh, DJing out Yo. in Boston. Shout out DJ Mario, who is actually the spe- featured guest today. Yeah. Ironic. Um, so I love Boston. I love him. I love the restaurant group that I work with out there. Just get paid to like play like dope house music. And then Sunday brunch, I could just get to play like or 2000s pop music it's actually really fun Mm -hmm. um but had a great time in boston i head back there on friday so here we are running it back dude that's we're running it back that's dope and i'm just gonna throw this in here because she was on the podcast but i saw you met up with uh kathy chow from nurse kathy chow from episode whatever how was that yeah it was really cool it was uh it was really fun to catch up with her i hadn't seen her since before covid um because even when we did the interview with her it was like in the midst of covid so um great to see her 
her friend Jenny was there as well. They were both nurses from Las Vegas who are like stationed out in Boston right now. So um, that was really fun. They came out and then Kathy came out again on Sunday for brunch. Uh, so it was really nice to catch up with her and hang out for a hot minute. Um, yeah, just friends of the podcast. No, that's, that's, that's across, kind, it is kind of dope. That's like, I, I know yeah. that's like the point of the podcast, you know what I mean? And it's cool to get, you know, just we're we're our network because of this podcast is getting bigger and bigger so shout out to all of you guys um my last weekend i don't know we ain't gotta talk about that let's talk about upcoming trips uh i will start i am leaving on friday which uh will be so when this episode drops i'll actually be in hawaii i'm djing a wedding for ashlyn and tanner uh, they probably don't listen to this, but it's all good. I'll tell them to listen because I'm shouting them out. So I'm DJing a wedding in Kona, Hawaii, and then I'm going to be there for a week because they hooked it up where I get a room for a whole entire week. So hey. shout out to them. Um, yeah, it worked out. They're like, that's almost worth the gig. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. I mean? and I'm getting paid too, like a lot, and I get to stay there for free. So it's dope. <laughs> it's it's a good so good sick. ass gig. And then the next week, um. I'm flying over to Maui for my aunt's 50th wedding anniversary, which was supposed to be last uh, year, but it's now this year, like a lot of things. And uh, yeah. so I'll be in Maui for a week. So any DJs in Hawaii, uh, DJ Hoppa Boy, I think he listens to this, and I don't know who else, but any other DJs in Hawaii, hit me up. I'll be in Kona for uh, the week of the 17th, and I'll be in um, Maui for the week of the 23rd. And then, yeah, and then I come back and then my first gig back, I DJ at um, I DJ at Jewel Nightclub with the one and only world famous four color Zizak. So Zizak. I, yeah, I'm pretty excited about that to be back at Jewel one more time. And uh, I guess I'll just throw this in there, too, since I were talking about past gigs uh, yesterday, Tuesday, I got to DJ last minute at Heart of Omnia. That shit was wild, bro. For like a Tuesday, it felt like Dude. a it felt like a holiday Saturday. Literally, it closed Yo. at three a.m. because the main club was done. Like it was less lit in the main club than it was in Heart of Omnia. So they like shut it down, and then I walked out, and the club was closed. Like it was, it was pretty nuts. So, um, yeah, shout out to Hakkasan Group for getting me on there, and yeah, absolutely wild. Um, yeah, we, we have some pretty big, busy stuff. I'm headed back to Milwaukee next weekend. So Boston this weekend, Milwaukee next weekend. I got a wedding. I'm DJing. So look at us, DJ, look at us, DJ and weddings. We, we are, um, all the way back. We are. Yeah. Uh, remember all gas, no breaks. Exactly. We, oh, we back on that. We back. It's 2019 again. We back. We back on it. Yeah. Um, so we are about to hit 20 minutes. So, uh, I'm so sorry that we had so much to say, but I'm not sorry because we had some pretty awesome like adventures. Uh, what you've got coming up next is a good, good friend of the podcast, Mario. Uh, he is like born and raised Boston. You'll sometimes hear it in his accent. But he also like has gotten really good at hiding his Boston accent. Mm. So uh, I'm just gonna go out there and say, uh, "Hey, how are ya? How are ya? Hey, <laughs> hey, how are ya?" Um, but no, just awesome guy. Just so so insightful. And there's a lot of really good like business nuggets yeah. in this interview that you can pull out of this. So 
Um, I'm really excited to be able to feature him finally on this podcast. We wanted to do it together in Boston, um, but then COVID hit, so that kind of derailed it a little bit. But luckily, I was in Boston a couple weekends ago for an extended week, and so we were able to sit down with him uh, and do the interview partially in person. Mm. So you'll hear that. You'll hear an exclusive mix from Mario, and then... We will see you guys on the other side of Josh's Hawaii trip and my trip to Boston and Milwaukee. Yep, yep. So, yeah, we appreciate you guys for listening. And, uh, yeah, let's get to it. DJ Mario. All right. Here we go. All right. We are in the interview portion of this podcast episode, and we are on location where one of us is. So we are 66.6% in person. Yep. And there is 33.3% of us that are not in person with, right now. With a line over the three. Yeah, with a line over the three. Repeating. Uh, not a math guy. When's the last time you used like sign, tangent, all that? Exactly. Me? I don't know. Exactly. The 90s. The 90s. <laughs> um, we are so excited today. We have a, I would say, best friend of the podcast. Can I say that? Can yes. I say best friend of the podcast? Makes me feel um, good. We have an award-winning listener, award-winning, uh, Mario the DJ. What's up, guys? Hey, what up, Mario? Hey. Now, for all of you wonderful, wonderful listeners, we are going to try to pronounce his last name. Josh, you go first. Hit it. Uh, all right, here we go. We're going to go <laughs> Papathanisu. Very good. All right. Onto Takumpo. Papathanasu. Very close. It's Papathanasiu. Oh, 13 letters. It's phonetic, though. It's not crazy. It's like so, silent sounds. So who got the A? Who got the B? What do you mean? Who got, who got the A? Who got the B? Who got the C? Who got a better oh, score out of me um, and Peter? I, I think Peter, because he said it all straight through and didn't add any extra. Not a quitter. Um, uh, you guys both sounded for first try. I mean, that's pretty good. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I just, uh, yeah, I just started. You know, after the Papa then and then I just kind of had to mumble on. But Papa Thena Dikembe Mutombo. Yeah, it's <laughs> my people right there. There we go. Um, Mario, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks we are me. we are on location right now in Boston, Mass. If you guys remember that TV show Zoom on PBS, Boston, Mass. O two one three four. I don't think that's our zip code, though, is it? Uh, right here, it's 02026. 02026. I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> it was a TV show on PBS. I, yeah. Whatever. I was probably in college when you were watching that. I'm pretty sure you were. Uh, Mario, thank you for being here. Thanks for having um, me. So, Josh, you are remote right now. You are in Las Vegas. Hot Vegas. We out here. Yeah. Let's talk about this heat wave we've got going on. How are you doing, Josh? How are you? It's how- it's actually not that bad at the moment. A couple of weeks ago, it was, I was just saying it got up to like the one, the triple digits, like 111, 112 for like three or four days straight. My car overheated. Uh, that was not fun. But then, um, yeah, right now it's not too bad. I think it's like 102 today. So it's not not horrible but then um yeah as soon as this cloud coverage goes away it'll be hot as balls again so you know those 110s do you even go outside nah it's like during the day you can't really do much except if you're djing at a pool then you have to um and then that's when you you know your laptop gets to overheating 
I have to give a big shout out. I shouted him out on my Instagram to DJ Booza, past Booza. guest of the podcast. I he saw has this little contraption. You saw that thing I that he made, yeah. So the people, so the people who don't know, it's like a literally, it's like a cooler, like a you know, a cooler that you would put drinks in, and uh, he essentially cut a hole in the top, put a fan on one side of it that blows into the cooler, and then he put two like little vents on the other side that blow cold air out and you put ice in there and so you put ice in the cooler blows the air in blows the cold air out right onto your laptop and that saves your laptop so uh, he should yeah he should start selling those for sure but he leaves it at uh, some of the venues so shout out dj booze i I had an experience playing in vegas outside uh and it was an event at vegas motor speedway oh yeah during sound check my computer gave me the skull like hey i'm I'm not doing this like shut down overheated so i went to the catering department there and i got those like diamond plated um they're blocks of ice basically where they serve desserts on uh stacked a bunch of them under the turntables under that and it lasted maybe 20 minutes and then those things were hotter than the gates of hell it was like yeah crazy so uh, that's a real thing that you folks out there on the west coast have to deal with and uh shout out to booza for thinking about that ill contraption that's pretty cool yeah shit's super clutch man did it work the whole day or like you got to refresh the ice yeah i mean you yeah you gotta you gotta refresh the ice a couple times but especially with that one it's so so big you can just you know put a put a whole bunch of ice in there and it'll last by maybe like hour and a half too and then and especially on that day when i was there it wasn't too hot so i think it lasted a little bit longer like normally i usually just get one of those uh, laptop fans and i'll put it right over a bucket of ice and that'll work if it's like in the hundreds you know but below 105 but once it gets over like 105 you need more than just that you know what i mean it's it's hot your computer's not made to be How in that kind of heat on your computer you just picking um well, okay. So funny enough, <laughs> we're talking about this last year when I was at uh, that same venue before Booza had left it there, left that contraption there. I had my computer on the normal bucket of ice, like I was saying with the laptop fan and it was working for a while. But then the um, guy who was like the buster was like, oh, well, sometimes we, we get a, a tray, like a long tray that's long enough to put your laptop in and we'll put a bunch of ice and then we'll put a bag over it. And then we'll put a towel over that. And then you just set your laptop directly on that. And I was like, that seems like it will work, but that's like kind of sketch. What if my laptop gets messed up? And he was like, nah, like, cause we have the bag and we have the towel, like it won't get messed up. And I was like, all right, for sure. I'll try it, whatever. And then, so it worked fine. And it was like one of those scorchers, 112, 113 degree day. And it was fine. And the ice, the problem was the ice started melting. And then I think the towel just moved just right. And the, the ice melted and my laptop just fell in, like just a corner of it fell in, hit the water, boom, laptop done. No way. That was a wrap. Yeah. Oh, Luckily, wow. I had some mixes on some USB sticks, but that was the death of that laptop oh. at liquid. Literally liquid. Yeah. At liquid. <laughs> the liquid killed my laptop. So um, I don't know. That That is an issue that we have out here in Vegas. Um, I know there's not so, so many places where it gets that hot, you know where there's people DJing like pretty much Vegas and, uh, and Arizona are the big markets where it gets that hot. But, um, yeah, that's, it's an issue during the summer for sure. Someone needs to come up with a a contraption. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you invent the one, you'll make, uh, make some good money. They have those PC laptops. They have those like crazy fans in them. Like they use for gaming. Mm -hmm. Um, who is it? DJ blaze. 
like a blaze has that yeah he used to use like a pc gaming laptop in vegas to dj outside when he was at like top golf pool uh, um he would use like a like a razor pc gaming laptop that had like three fans they were all i don't know i i mean i didn't run into any issues this past weekend at lolita outside but i also have like two giant fans in this 12 year old laptop <laughs> using the old the big old the big old if it didn't overheat man that's a good sign. yeah so yeah i mean that's that's just like a problem that no one solved yet i don't think like aside from Buzo with his like bootleg cooler fan yeah i mean it's definitely bootleg looking but who cares when it works you know what i mean it yeah. function and liquid has that like graded table so eric just comes straight yeah up. yeah, that makes it perfect yeah because that was the other thing i was thinking about i was like this wouldn't work everywhere you need yeah. a table that has holes in the bottom essentially to let that airflow come through yeah exactly um enough talk about the heat Speaking of heat, well, speaking of heat, let's get into this heated debate uh, discussion on the disc assessment. So for everyone who has been following along with our guests, we've switched it up from the colors assessment to the disc assessment. Um, Just trying to identify behavioral styles, what makes us click, what makes us, you know, turn off, things like that. Um, So Mario, you took the disc assessment. Have you ever taken a test like this before? No. Okay. Uh, So... Are you ready for your scores? Yes. All right. So this one was a two-way tie with a secondary that was like one point away from the two-way tie. So he's got three that are like... Like right there. And then one that's just like non-existent. (laughs) Are you ready to hear your scores? (laughs) Hear what kind of asshole you are. Yes. (laughs) Josh, can we get a drum roll, please? Nice. Thank you. So your top two are clarity and influence. So I'm going to read off clarity and influence. Um, there are these like, there are five words for each each uh, indicator of, of influence and clarity. And then they just kind of describe like keywords that associate with somebody that has high points in that area. So for clarity, you have analytical, reserved, precise, private, systematic. You are nodding your head. Yes. Yes. You relate to all those words. Yes. Okay. Uh, tell me about any of those words and like something where you're like, oh, this is exactly like why I relate to it. So analytical, reserved, precise, private, systematic. I mean, it sounds like the foundation of how I built what I do. I think like on a uh, analytical and systematic front, um, you know, preparing for an event or a club gig, you know, mm-hmm. as a DJ, you always have to be kind of systematic, I think, in terms of how you plan out your night in the mm-hmm. event world. Uh, and I know Josh is in the same boat too. It's like you meet these event producers and they spell things out literally from mm-hmm. people walking into when people are leaving. So it's helpful to have those cues and you can create moments from those cues. Yeah. Um, and then private, I feel like for anybody who's a performer, like you have what you do out there and then your daily life. Um, uh, I had my wife visit me at the club last week with her cousins and friends. And she went to the door and she never like comes out. And, you know, she rarely tries to pull a car like him, hey, the DJ's wife, but she introduced herself to the hostesses upstairs and the door guys. And every single person was like, Mario has a wife. <laughs> and I'm like, well, <laughs> first of all, like that could go two ways. Yeah, for real. I'm like, I see him with, no, it's not that it's just that I'm just, I go and I do my thing. Yeah. So yeah. Amazing. Awesome. Okay. So that's clarity. So that was one of your top two. 
for the tie. The second one is influence. So these are the five words affiliated with that. Outgoing, enthusiastic, optimistic, high-spirited, lively. Wow. Yeah. Out of those, the optimistic for me is like me since I came out of the womb. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And I always called myself an artistic optimist because you can be an optimist, but the artistic side of it kind of has that whole dreamer head in the clouds situation. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I try to a lot of, you know, as I get older in life, I think that is a function that you have to be proactive about being optimistic and you have to train yourself even when skies are gray to, you know, see that silver lining. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. There's a, There's a little bit of a contradiction here because private versus outgoing, enthusiastic and like lively can Mm -hmm. be kind of like conflicting. Right. Yeah. Um, But I think it's like a mode you turn on. Right. So like you can turn on being lively, outgoing, enthusiastic, but you also have a private life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, it's the, you know, you, you have like um, a filter. Um, Mm -hmm. There's not, you know, in certain situations, again, you want to apply yourself and be involved and be in those moments, whatever those moments are. Um, and I, I feel it's like you're not hiding, but it's not, you know, deliberately giving away everything, yeah. Yeah. showing your cards all the time. Beautiful. Love it. Yeah. All right. I think, I think everyone who does any type of performance or, and, and this could be more than anything. If you have to perform at your job, it could be like that too. Like in personally, or for the most part, you're more reserved, but you know, like as a DJ, as a person who's out in front of people, you're going to have to turn that on sometimes and, you know, be that outgoing you know, lively person, but you know, normally, yeah, let me just be more, more relaxed on a, on a normal personal basis, you know, right on. I mean, it's like the memes, right. Me at work, me versus away from work. Right. And it's mm. same person, two different, two different hats. Yeah. Amazing. All right. So you also had a third component that was like one point away from also being a top. So you could have had three top uh, indicators, but you had two top indicators with one secondary. Your secondary is drive. Um, so these are the words affiliated with drive. So you have direct results oriented, firm, strong willed, forceful. Yeah, that sounds, sounds pretty much like me. I feel like if I have a goal in mind, I'm going to use all my resources and kind of like, Mm -hmm. you know, I try to project good vibes and get to where I want to go Mm -hmm. in a very productive way. Um, I feel like in that there's some, notion of being driven is also like cutthroat. I feel I'm like, not like that in terms mm-hmm. of like cutting in front of somebody. Um, I'm also a dad. So like, I have to be patient, but I also realize that being stern is kind of, uh, in a good, in a good way to allow whatever I'm trying to do to have its, mm-hmm. its own lane to, so it can work itself out. Yeah. Also, shout out to dads. This is another dad on the podcast. Yeah, no, I was I was thinking about that when I was writing up some of these questions. I was like, yeah, you're we we went like a whole year without having any parents on the podcast. And now you're the third person with parents in a couple months. So shout out to the DJ dads and moms. Yeah. Uh, So here is the other indicator, which uh, you did not score highly in. Um, And oftentimes it's it's not it's not that you don't have these traits, but it's more that these traits don't make or break who you are as a person. So the last one is steadiness or support. Uh, and those words are even tempered, accommodating, patient, humble, tactful. Hmm. All things I want to work on. Yep. <laughs> Definitely. There you go. <laughs> for yeah. sure. For sure. Uh, I think on the patient level, uh, again, in, you know, I, 
I have a really hard time with people who don't perform. And that could be in a lot of situations from someone who's making my sandwich to someone who <laughs> is uh, performing a service for me at my home yeah. or for me being in a work environment. And uh, these are lessons that I've had to learn uh, many times in, to my detriment and in, in a hard way to actually put aside any personal feelings and allow, give my patients enough room to allow the situation to handle itself instead of being like overpowering in the situation. But yeah. And it's definitely not to say you don't contain those character traits. It's more like, these are things that you're aware are not going to be your forte or like, you're not going to constantly think first, like, let me stay patient. Let me see. It's like, no, like we got to get stuff done. Like, let's, let's go, let's yeah. go, let's go. So um, ironically enough, Josh scores highest in the support side. Um, Josh, you were, you were support and influence, uh, influence was the second yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. And my top two were clarity and dominance. So, or drive, for example. So um, I think it puts Josh and I in a really advantageous position as a team because he yeah. offsets what I don't have and vice versa. Um, and I've definitely like, I definitely feel like Josh has, like you have taught me how to go about things tactfully, more tactfully than I used to, you know, like I come through a little bit more patient with things. Uh, I try to understand context a lot more uh, before formulating opinions and things like that. And you have become like mad organized, <laughs> way, way more organized. So I appreciate that. How's yeah. that worked out for you? Have you seen benefits across the board in your life by being more organized? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's just like one of those things like, before I was just a DJ. So when you're just, I mean, I don't know, this is actually going to go into the next question, but like just being a DJ, you only need so much organization and you can kind of get by and, you know, just get by on your artisticness. But once you start, you know, adding more and more things to your life, you know what I mean? I was, you know, we got the podcast. I started a business, like all the, all these things that you, that you do, you need more organization and you need more of that. So all of that stuff helped. Uh, you know what I mean? Peter like taught me his whole, you know, left brain, all the shit that he does um, for work, like all of that stuff has w worn off on me. And I clearly not even a 10th of the level that he's at, but even just being a little bit more organized has helped me greatly. You know what I mean? With in all aspects of my life. So it's been good. That's dope. Yeah. Well, thank uh, you for taking this assessment. Well, thanks for throwing it at me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we need to, we need to still create that like entire plot chart of like where everybody stands for our guests oh that would be super cool and just have like a and then it would always you know just every guest that's on there oh here you are here you are that'd be super dope we'll do we'll do that um eventually eventually <laughs> all right let's let's get into these questions all right my first question for you mr mario because so i met you years ago in vegas i don't know all right so was i was trying to think about that year is that 17 or 18 uh i want to say 17 uh maybe 18 because you came to you came to one oak and actually i think my first one oak date would have been in uh shit i don't know i want 18 sounds about right 2018 yeah because we everybody lost 20 so i was telling peter over lunch how all right go ask your question because i, I want to tell the story but i know where your questions go. all right well my question is it's a it's a long-winded question so you're clearly a great dj you're a father you're a husband you're a successful business owner entrepreneur and you're a music director so 
you know, as we were just talking about, I can barely figure out what song to play next. And you're doing all these crazy things. So I just want to know how you juggle all of these hats that you have to wear with ease. Um, and you know what I mean? Because I honestly look up to you and I, I probably I've never told you this, but like you're you all the things that you do as a DJ is someone that is like a local DJ, not like some superstar, you know, Tiesto type DJ. I feel like you hit all of the things that someone moving up in the DJ game and getting a little older in the DJ game wants to do. You know what I mean? You have all these other hats that work well with your DJing. How do you, how do you juggle all that and I, deal with all the things on your plate? I appreciate the compliment, but it doesn't feel like I do any of those things successfully. I just feel like I've been doing them for a long time. <laughs> Um, and I feel like as I progressed, you know, it's a long story, obviously. Um, I started DJing in high school and I went to a communication school, Emerson College, where we had a pretty great radio station. And uh, I, at that point, I had been DJing for a couple of years out of high school and uh, in high school. So it was my junior and senior year. So when I got in there, that's like what I wanted to do. I was like, well, let me be on the radio around these other DJs. And I got to learn so much and build up this great network. Uh, and then being on the radio opened me up to clubs in Boston. People on the radio heard me. So I was able to segue into playing at clubs. Uh, and then I had residencies my last two years of college. Um, so those residencies, you know, gave me the confidence and, and ability to, to be like a DJ in public. And it was my farm system too to get private gigs. Um, I graduated Emerson in 2000. I'm old as shit. Um, <laughs> and I moved to LA and I lived in LA for three years and my degree is in communication. So I worked for a couple pretty big companies. I worked for Paramount Pictures and I worked for Warner Brothers. Um, and all on the side, I was still DJing with my homies out in LA. We were playing at a bunch of spots in Hollywood um, and I was doing great out there. And then I had this feeling to come back to Boston and I did. And it was like one of those moments where every time I talk to people about following your gut, it really is that voice you really should be listening to unless it's some like crazy Marilyn Manson type shit, like, <laughs> thing. but like, you should really listen to the voices in your head yeah. telling you and those feelings. I came back to Boston and my dad was sick and I didn't even know that and he passed away less than a year of me coming back. Um, that's, that's for me, like it was. I think it's like every time I look at it and I see things in my head, I, I'm very like linear with the time and a very big picture person um, that kind of got me over the hump in terms of like my childhood and growing up like that moment there coming back, my dad passing away. We had a family business, like all that responsibility kind of like is the foundation of who I am right now. Um, and I was DJing in clubs and then I had this opportunity to, help open up a lounge in a hotel. And that was my first gig as a music director. And that was the first time in my life that I got to use like my, my degree, every experience I ever had in LA with like big, huge companies, scale of things in, in the music world. I had never done that. I'd always been like a DJ and playing events and parties and doing a good job with that. But I was able to like put all those things together. And it was like the watershed moment of my life. And I did that for three years and was, had a great time and did really great things. And because of my communications background, I was writing, designing, producing their, uh, you know, communications for the, for the bar lounge on transit, billboards, radio commercials, like writing, voicing over all that sort of stuff. And when I left that job, I started ESC because I realized not that I, I don't, maybe I needed the confidence, but I, I, it was tangible to me. Like I could do this as a business. And I think 
as a DJ growing up and, and kind of working the scene, even now, uh, it, I feel like I want to scale, but if you're an individual and you have a talent and you're a performer, it's a really difficult thing to do to scale what you do. Because if you have clients, they want you, they don't want your guys or your people. Mm-hmm. So for me, creating a business where if I do have that reach of other creative professionals that they could kind of fit under an umbrella. So that's why I started ESC in 2011 um, and kind of stepped away from the club stuff and just went full on with events. Um, and I was able to kind of like grow in that realm too. So traveling, like when I met you, I was traveling for a corporate event and I'm like, that's a whole other story, but to answer your question, like, how do I juggle everything? It's exactly what you were talking about earlier. It's about being organized and making lists and prioritizing. And mm-hmm. my priority list changes hourly because, um, I do not have the right or the uh, enough time in the day. And my company's called Every Second Counts, partly because my dad passed away when I was 26 years old and he was 56. And one thing he would always tell me from when I was younger is use what you have. Don't wait till you get that new piece of equipment or don't wait till you have enough money to do whatever. He's like, you have enough resources in your disposal to do whatever you wanted. And literally that was probably the the day before he, he left us he was talking to me about those things. So when I started my company, I just thought that was a great name for it. And everything that we do, especially in the event business or in, in a club or anywhere with music, it's really about time. It's like, when do you put what? So um, that's how I, I you know, started my corporate journey. Uh, and right now I was really blessed to kind of link up with a fantastic restaurant group in Boston. Uh, the ownership is super detail oriented, super about, uh, quality of product. And I'm all about that. Um, and we linked up, I was working with them just kind of as a hired gun for, you know, a few months to a year. And they offered me the position of music director for their company. And here we are today. And I'm trying to juggle both. I'm trying to still juggle the ESC stuff, trying to be available and consistent with the restaurant group. That's like my, my biggest things in terms of business and, in, and working with, cause you know, it's everything is relationship based, mm-hmm. um, being consistent and being available. So every time I perform, I try to perform at a hundred or above percent. And if someone that, uh, you know, I work with needs something from me, I really try to accommodate. If I can't be there myself, I want to hire the right people to represent me and the client's ideas and just execute. And it, it really is, it's really simple. If, if you are someone who gets things done, if you are able to relate to a business, which I think is an important lesson for DJs, I think you have to get into, if you're in any place, any style of business and you're performing, you have to understand the other facets. You have to understand the food and beverage game. You have to understand the hospitality game mm-hmm. and all of those things definitely work in symphony. So um, having experiences out there in those different facets make you a way better DJ and a better uh, creative professional for sure. Yeah, that's that's crazy because that's what I was like when I was really just like looking into you coming uh, coming up with questions for this interview. I was just like, man, that's like dope that everything that you do, it's literally like a conglomerate is like the word that I came up with. It's like it all goes together, but it's all related. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people, they'll DJ like me. I was like DJing, but then I had like another side business selling masks. Like it's they're they're not related. So I think that's why it didn't work so well. But if you have two businesses that are, you know, they, they're symbiotic. They work together. You're doing, you're doing events. You're working with a, um, with a management group that does like, it's all related to music and entertainment. So I think that's, 
just dope how well you did that and put it all together and it's all interrelated so they all go together you know what i mean yeah it's and it's it's a daily struggle it's um you know i i got married in 2013 and that's when esc was hitting its groove and i really stepped away i hadn't done a club in in years and i realized that stepping away from the club was detrimental to my event business because i have great contacts across the country with like big corporate stuff that i do you know maybe like a dozen time a year uh, 10 to 12 times a year. Um, but the local event companies didn't really know me because I wasn't out there. And it's in, you know, I guess now with social media, cause I was all this stuff happened for me before social media, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, the club was my farm system. I could grow new clients. I could expose myself instead of being a hunter where I have to like put myself in a situation where I would go to these networking events or try to put myself in these right positions to maybe meet new clients and get more business. But I made a, a, a decision in 2018 to get back to the clubs. And I kind of just put out feelers. I, I, I worked a lot of small places and, and I, it was cool for me because I was just out there. Mm-hmm. And really that snowballed to the job I have today because my contacts in that world locally saw that I was out there and it was an event that one of my DJ buddies couldn't perform at. Um, I perform with live musicians a lot. I do a lot of drummer DJ stuff and a lot of like horns or guitars, yeah, sax. sax a lot. <laughs> sax. And it was an event where a saxophone player was playing and they needed a DJ. So the person referenced me because I have experience with that. And, you know, this is a lesson for anybody in, in any work environment. Like you got to do your homework. I researched the owner. Um, I, he had a, a uh, SoundCloud page of what he liked to listen to. So literally it was within 24 hours that I had to perform this gig and I studied what he liked and I loaded up my crates with that sort of stuff and I performed and for him, I knocked it out the park and the guests enjoyed it too, but it, it struck a chord with him and mm-hmm. that's how I built a good relationship with that mm-hmm. company. And it's, it literally is just doing your homework. That covered like three of our questions it really did (laughs) oh so i think one of the biggest things that we try to pull from our guests is like what is something that you like that you know works for how you've become you know uh successful in the place that you are i think a big component of this is like the way that you've networked yourself into the city of boston and the way that you've like leveraged those relationships but also the way you talk about like DJing in club settings or restaurant settings, like it's a public and it's a public entertainment. And when you build your client base through that Avenue, and it's not the only Avenue, obviously like going to those networking events, having those like lunch meetings, those like morning meetings, but having the club or the restaurant venue as a lens for the potential client to see you at work it just puts you in a higher position of leverage because then you can say like, you've already seen the product. I produce the best advertising out there. Exactly. Like you already see the product that I'm delivering. Potential client wants to hire you. Hey, I'm playing here. Yeah. It's the best. Yep. It's, it's something where like take the gig always, right? Like take the gig. Like you never know who's going to be there. Who's going to say what, like, what is it? Even, uh, I think it was Saturday evening at Marielle. Like, I was just DJing. Then someone asked for a business card and they said, Hey, we've got like multiple events coming up in Portugal in the next two years. What? I was just like, what? I was like, Oh, yeah. okay. They're like, have you ever been to Portugal? I was like, and of course my answer, never been always wanted to go. 
Yeah, yeah hell it's yeah. It's on my get, list. It's actually the top one on my it's list. The only yeah. answer you can give yeah, them, right? Yeah. But dope. it's just like you never know. Like you, you literally don't. never know who's listening and who's doing what. I'm gonna segue to a funny story because the, the way I first got the music director job at the hotel um, was a really crazy story. So my family had a gas station repair shop that we owned for 30 years, and that's kind of where I got my work ethic. I started. We were driving and I parked my monster Chevy Tahoe in a small spot. And Peter was like, dude, how do you have the confidence to do that? I'm like, I've been driving since I was eight. And that's real. It's my Greek dad, like, take the Beamer, move it over there. He wanted to teach me how to drive because I was an <laughs> asset. I was like, no, there's the hands at the shop. But I was, you know, we had customers. That was the best part about being in that service industry that you got to meet people over the years and see them grow up and their kids and all this sort of stuff. So we had this customer that would always walk by, Olivier, French dude. He was half French, half Greek. And, you know, I'd be having my speakers out there once in a while. I'd put the turntables in the in the bay. We took the cars out and I would just play. And, you know, it was actually kind of like a hangout. People would come by for coffee. So this dude would walk by all the time. He's like, hey, he's like, I work at a hotel. And he's like, but this other hotel that I know, the guy, he's a good friend of mine. He's the director of the hotel. I think they're looking for a DJ. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I take a meeting. I meet this guy and he tells me, he shows me plans of this gorgeous lounge that they're building. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I don't know what we need, but, uh, you know, I think music's a big part of it. And I, I was like so excited for the opportunity to actually push something out and showcase. So I, you know, put on my communications hat and everything that I had done in marketing, advertising, PR class. And I put together a proposal and then I researched this dude and found out he's French from France. And I, I had no idea about French music and lounge music. And I studied what some of those artists are. And when I said, Hey, I want to, I want to show you my proposal, but can I bring my turntables too? So I got there super early, set everything up, came in, had a meeting. And then I played for them for half an hour and did this French lounge mass up with house music. And the dude like looked at me, walked out and I was like, Oh, did I just bomb this? Like, Terribly. Uh, yeah. And then the the director, because he was like the head dude of the hotel, um, the food and beverage director and the operations director were like, that's just a kind of a really good sign. He doesn't need to see anymore. Um, <laughs> I was like, I thought I was going to program an iPod and it turned into a situation like a three year contract doing playlists and music and hiring bands and hiring. And, and again, it's a crazy story because this guy that was walking by my shop that was just kind of like a friend and he was like, you don't know when it's going to come. You don't know. And just having your blade sharp for when that, whatever you need to cut is put yeah. in front of you, you know, it's mm. it, things happen. And it's, uh, you know, one of the magical stories, you know, the other one is meeting Josh in Vegas. It's, <laughs> it's magical. It really is. I'm like every single time it's like a serendipitous moment or when I'm away or traveling and I see someone that I know from another part of my world, I'm like, Oh, okay. That's the, that's the, the marker on the tree. Like this is the, this is the roadmap that I'm supposed to be taking. Like I should be here. Um, and it's just amazing. See, that's like, that's like, there's, there's two things. My uncle used to always tell me or not even used to, I guess, whatever he would always say, uh, he remember the five P's and I was like, what's the five P's. And he said, Proper preparation prevents poor performance. Yeah, and I was like, "Damn!" Like everything you're saying right now, and I always like think about that when it comes to gigs. It's like, especially if you're doing a gig for the first time, you want to research the person, like find out what they're doing. I was actually just DJing, um, uh, or I was DJing slash making the music playlist for uh, Rick Hendrick, who's this guy who does he owns Hendrick Motorsports, this big oh, NASCAR okay. thing. 
Yeah. And it was like crazy because I was like, I don't know what this guy wants to listen to. I'm doing research. I found an interview of Jeff Gordon interviewing him about his favorite music. He's like this big music guy. So I found out all of his favorite type of music come to find out when he's like on the island, he's like, he was shazamming my songs and like asking like, yo, what, what is this? How do they get my playlist? How do they know all these songs that I like? And I, you know, I told him, I was like, yo, I saw that interview and he was like, man, this, the music's been on point this whole time. It's a cheat um, sheet. It's like you, it, it really is. The answers are out there. Yeah. Yeah. You just gotta, you gotta take the time ahead of time to figure out what's what, you know what I mean? And then, and then that's the other thing I was going to say too, is, um, uh, is like probably something I just saw on Instagram or whatever, but it's like create your own luck. You know what I mean? You, you created that situation. Like you could have just went into that situation and he'd been like, uh, you know, I'm not feeling this guy. And that wouldn't, that three-year contract wouldn't have worked out, but because you took a little bit of time, you picked the right song. He came out, he walked out and heard the one song that, yep, this guy works. I'm walking away. I'm good. He's, he's good. Yeah. Yeah. I would, know, I didn't expect that, but yeah, that's exactly, yeah. Right. you have to be prepared. You really do. Uh, and like in general, now being a DJ for 20 years and having that 20 year experience of organizing music and putting things into crates makes me, it gives me, I think an advantage now when I prepare for a gig, mm-hmm. you know, it's, uh, I guess we can talk about this part of like DJing for hours, like how you intake music and how you collate and disseminate that those songs into where they need to go. But I feel like now, like I, I, I look at a folder that I may make for the club. And from that folder, I've looked at older folders of stuff like either genre related or event related. So you can have all different types of stuff. Like I, I, I was listening to my set from this weekend and I played like this old school Michael Jackson, I mean, Jackson five song. And I was like, why was that in there? And that was in a lounge set that I used for the W in 2015 when I was looking through, you know what I mean? Like it's being organized always pays off. And the longer you uh, do it, it's exponential. It's like crazy dividends that you can, you can have these layers to what you do. And it it makes you stand out because truthfully, all of us as performers, that's all we want to do. Like we can all do the technical job of mixing those songs for that many hours but it's how you stand out and and really being prepared allows you the ability to stand out even more yeah i gotta work on my crates because right now i have like hot shit and then <laughs> no, not hot. <laughs> no kidding it was uh what was it five uh so i don't know i, I probably told you the story josh it was like i was djing uh five put me on at avenue in west hollywood Dope. last year before covid and um i like took a peek at his laptop uh it was sitting next to me literally it was just all music that was the only thing he had on there it was all oh, he don't have no crates he had no crates yeah, that's wild and i sat there and i was like what and then i realized like well first of all his sound is what people pay for so like the five sound is what you pay for not five trying to cater to right a specific venue or a, a, an environment but then second, I like actually asked him, he goes, oh, yeah, I had to like get a new computer and I just haven't had time to merge over my crates yet. Oh, so, I was going to say, because I opened for him a couple of so times and I saw crates. Yeah, he literally spent that entire gig just typing in the song. So the, whatever next song he wanted, you just go into had, the all like. But think about like having to recall the songs. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know how like crates can save you sometimes where you're like, yeah, I literally the song was even a song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he was literally recalling by memory every song that's, he wanted to play. And I was just crazy. like, damn five. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. 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 Human. Um, let me think here. 
I, you like covered everything musically that right, we were cool. you know well, hold up hold up hold up i'm gonna i'm gonna actually jump into this question because i'm actually about to dj a corporate event right now <laughs> and uh or not well in, in a couple hours but so pretty much like people who dj and have done corporate events realize that corporate events are the move yep. and for me i always think they're so dope because first of all they're usually on a weekday not always, but whatever you, uh, you DJ for a few hours, you're usually done by 11 PM or midnight, you know, wait, you don't have to go to bed at four in the morning, like the club. And you typically get paid way more than the club because these corporate events have big budgets. Yep. Um, so I just want to know what advice I actually remember you giving me some advice on how to get, you know, top dollar for corporate events. And I still use that to to this day, I don't know if you remember what I said. Uh, we were talking at One Oak, but I just want to talk. I want you to break down corporate events, how you get them, how you get paid top dollar and any advice you have for DJs out there. I think that the the pay part of corporate events is ever evolving. Um, just now, how I handle that is different in the last two months than I've ever handled it. Mm. And that's because my availability has changed. So um, I feel like in terms of um, execution, I feel like I'm at a high level and I feel like um, working with clients who appreciate that is kind of the only clients I want to work for. Um, the way I try to do it is, obviously try to be front of brain for people and there's seasons in the corporate game. There's mm -hmm. definitely timeframes when things are busier than not. And in those off times to find ways to invite them to things, Hey, come check me out here and just kind of be front of the brain. Um, I rely on my, my past experiences and word of mouth from those experiences to get me the other gigs. Um, there's a, a, an exceptional human being who's an event producer, who's you know, I've been lucky enough to work with, a, uh, you know, a ton of times and I feel like I, I was really lucky to be able to impress him in a way. And I didn't even know I, I, I was hired for a gig from another event company in Boston. I kind of like slid in at the, at the last minute, it was me and a 12 piece Sinatra style band and they mm -hmm. were, you know, doing their thing. And then I'm watching this, like all these talented musicians. I'm like, how am I going to go on after this? I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to do me. And I brought a different element. I didn't bring like a feel good vibe. I brought like a club vibe to a corporate gig. And it was a lot of internationals and they went crazy. They just were like jumping up and down. The event producer was like, Hey, we just told the uh, bands to walk and you're going to do the rest. <laughs> I was wow. like, Damn. Cool. So I did that. And from that moment, I've worked with this dude in Montreal, in Dallas, in Miami, um, in LA, in Vegas, like all over the country, just because of that one time. And when I also perform, I, you know, I, I try to do a good job. I try to do a great job. Um, and then, you know, Christmas time, send him a little link to Christmas mix or you network and, you know, all those things that you guys do, which I learned from you. And I, this is the conversation I was having with Peter that I'm so inspired by you guys and the way you do it. Um, is really inspiring to me. You just got to be a good person and, and people want to work with good people. If you're a business person, you just want competence. And then if you're going to have that person around, hopefully they're cool. Hopefully that they're, they're not terrible. Um, yeah. Dude. I was going to say, yeah, that's so I like the little uh, send the Christmas mix and all that. That's some shit Peter would do for sure. Me? Ah, yeah. Probably. Yeah, actually. <laughs> and honestly, in all those things I can do better at, you know, there's, there's, yeah. you know, there's other things that are always in the back of my mind. And I feel like 
those nice things. Like, you know, there's a manager that I work with and, you know, he may give me some attitude. I'm like, you know, what would solve that making this dude a mix, like just making this dude a mix of things that I know he wants to hear. And that's in my brain. And I still haven't executed that. And I know that if that happened, I'd probably have a better relationship with this person. Yeah. Um, but you know, again, it's like, it's a, it's a time thing. We'll get to it. Yeah. I think it's, it's like the prioritization of what will impact things now and in the future is like, when you figure out what those action steps are, like that changes everything. Cause there are going to be things that'll impact something like three months from now, but you might not see the immediate impact. And, but if you can double down and have something that does both, like that's, that's when you start to really fine tune your ability to like get shit done effectively and efficiently. Yeah. And you know what? Listen, if you have, if that's your calling card and people know you get stuff done, you'll get calls like, because the world is in a, like uh, results oriented, especially in the event business or the world that we're in and, you know, hospitality and entertaining, like you yeah. want to see those results and you want to continue to have people that perform and do those results. The DJ game is crazy because it's super saturated mm -hmm. and everybody kind of has their own style, but you know, and I feel like this, even with the dating scene, like, thank God I'm married right now. Cause y'all, I don't, I don't know how y'all do it because it's, it's so saturated. Everybody's out there. The social media makes it saturated and people are bombarded with all these things like this DJ and that DJ. And I feel lucky enough that I built relationships pre that social media stuff, but I also try to utilize that in a way where it's going to yeah. help me in, in other ways. Yeah. I feel like I'm just like the, what do you call it? Like the vicarious one of the three of us. Everyone's mm -hmm. living through me. Just trying to hold hands. That's it. <laughs> trying to hold, hold say, those hands. I'm glad <laughs> I'm not dating either, man. <laughs> just holding doors open for late. It seems really nuts out there. I don't even yeah, know. Yeah. It's fun. Uh, what was I going to say? I wanted to say this real quick though, because this was a real good piece of advice that you gave me and I'm currently using right now is, uh, Cause I like asked about getting gigs and like, you know, getting these high paying gigs. And you were saying, don't ever give like a quote straight up. Like, Oh yeah, I'll do this event for two. You have to ask, yo, so what is the budget? What is it? What is your budget looking like for this event? Yep. And usually they'll give you some super high number. You just go a little bit lower than that number. And that's more than you would have, you know, originally yes. asked them for. So I don't know. I always do that, especially with corporate events. I'm like, Oh, what is your budget looking like? You know what I mean? And they're yeah. usually, Oh yeah. Like a couple thousand dollars. Like, oh, Hey, there, you know, all right. and, and then in situations where it's like, Oh, uh, how many rooms need, you know, uh, like uh, accommodating for sound. Like, I don't know if you run sound too, but like, that's another component to the, like mobile DJ business that like you can yeah. in and perform and get paid great money at corporate events. And I guess it's a less of a liability and less of a, you know, um, strain on you and what you have to do. But if you're able to provide backline support, like yeah. speakers and microphones and stuff like, like, and that stuff lives in whatever you have, you know, in, in storage, like, and you get multiple uses out of it. Hey, that's the way to go. And then if you don't have that backline support, say, yeah, yeah, I, I got that. And then call up the rental company, be like, Hey, and and yeah, put put twenty percent juice on it, and again, you know, like have that whatever you make extra on that. Maybe buy a couple of sets of speakers. Like, mm -hmm. there's definitely a lot of ways to help the way you work finances what you want to do, um, and that's a great way to do it. Yeah, what's your budget? <laughs> what's your budget? Dude? That's because it's always it's always got to go. It's got to go on. Tells them. you the type of event yeah. too. Hundred percent. It gives you an idea of what's going on. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to know what 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 other talent or things that they're going to pull in. Like, 
uh, what are they working with? Yeah. And it's, it's always easier for them to start in on the dialogue of explaining it because you're the one they're asking. So they already know what their vision is for it and whether or not you can fulfill that vision is based on what they tell you. Right. And so getting them excited about their vision is, is like 90% of it because yeah. then they're just going to be like, Oh, like, yeah, like you can do all that. It's like, yep. Yes. Yeah. We'll take, and, you, take you from your idea right? to people yeah. having a good time. And then the other side of it is like, you already know exactly what's going to make that successful. You say, and here's what else we can do. Have you thought about X, Y, and Z? Right. Um, yeah. Uh, something I always rely on too is like, if they are just firm on like getting a number for me, I'm like, well, my baseline is this. Yeah. Because baseline stands like it, it's just a good like, hey, stick in the ground like, hey, I, I'm not going to get out of bed for less than this. And like, we don't yeah. need to have this conversation any further if that's not something that's within your ballpark. Right. Yeah. Um, because then the baseline itself is like, well, that's the lowest I'll possibly go. But you already mark it up like, you know. You just have to be honest with yourself. What you feel comfortable getting, yeah. what what you're going to be out the house, you're going to have your whole day. There might be weeks that you're going to be preparing for certain events, right. um, and what's what is that worth to you? And many times in my life, I really felt short of that because I was worried about being yeah. too high and not getting enough gigs. But every single time I did that, I felt like you know lowering my price or you know mm-hmm. doing something that my gut told me not to it always kind of like came back and was not as good an experience that it should have been. So you know trial and error you kind of learn along the way and it's, it's a better way to proceed. Fifty dollars and two drink tickets. You used to be down. <laughs> used to be down. Cool. <laughs> what I can eat, I'm in. Done. I'm in. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, food will drop my price real quick. I get a whole bomb ass meal. Yeah, you know, yeah, okay. same, same. Right. Uh, uh, do you want me to go to the travel? They go to the travel section. Yeah. All right, here we go. So, Boston. Yes. My second time here ever. Josh, have you been out to Boston ever? Never once. Ever. So, my second time ever. The first time was kind of funky because it was literally the week before COVID. Yep. Like really took off. So, um, just a wild story. When I flew back to Seattle from here last year, four people on my flight, I remember telling you this, mm-hmm. four people on the flight on a like giant jet blue, like the big plane, the like 36 row plane. So four of us. And like, they just gave me a mint seat up front. And they're just like, here, like, here's a basket of snacks. Like, we don't really know what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Like we're told not to interact with you guys, but like, here's, here's snacks. Um, Gave me like the best first impression ever, Mario. You did because a you took me in like family without even knowing me. B your entire team at both Mario and Lolita took me in like family. Um, and so the minute that we could make this happen again, like you saw me, like I was just on a flight. I was like, yep. nope, flight's booked. Let's go. Let's go. Let's make it happen. Um, I'm I was able to spend a little more time here. Uh, so I leave tomorrow, Wednesday. Already got to go to Maine, went to a Red Sox game. Dope. Like I've, man, I feel like I've really fulfilled like a good Boston trip so far. The whole New England experience. Yeah, really. <laughs> like yeah. definitely came out of states, like <laughs> through a couple of New England states to get to drove me. through New Hampshire for 15 minutes. It was sick. That's dope. Um, so Boston is a city with so much rich history, and like you've been all over the country to DJ. What separates the music and nightlife scene here from the rest of the country? I think it because it's growing right now. Boston is in an amazing place. Uh, it, you know, 
being a DJ in Boston for so many years, you mm-hmm. kind of see where areas have gone stagnant. And that's because the city itself did not change. Um, and the city over the last 10 years is going through this crazy growth cycle. Boston in geography is really small. It's not as big as a lot of other kind of big market cities. It's a good size in terms of density and population. Yeah. But the, the, the scope of it isn't so large because really it's just not a lot of space. It's, it was built in, you know, the 15, 1600s and a lot of the roads are made for horses and carriage, but there's sections of the town that were completely underdeveloped. And the one section that, you know, where Lolita is the seaport section Mm -hmm. is blowing up. And it's cool because, you know, that creates opportunity and opportunity lends itself to industry because not only the DJs, but the hotels, the restaurants, the Mm -hmm. office buildings, everybody's thinking the same thing. Hey, how can we make this pop? Uh, and all of those things working together create opportunity. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I love Boston right now. And I've been in a lot of places, not very happy about the weather. I'm like the <laughs> living in LA for three years definitely made me a big fan of the warm weather. And if I didn't have to see winter, um, I would be gone. Uh, but I, I love it in terms of the potential because it, which is, was kind of not possible a, a few years ago, but now seeing it like, yeah, there's tremendous potential here and there's room for things that are not pop. Um, and that's why I'm, I feel super blessed to be with the group that I am right now because they don't want what's on the radio. They want something different and they're looking at things from a creative perspective and as a creative professional, that's all I could ask for is an opportunity yeah. to showcase what I want to do to that client or whoever that, you know, event or consistently, you know, with a restaurant group where you're performing, you know, in my case, three to five times a week and mm-hmm. you have to keep it fresh and you want to keep it on brand for them, but you want to keep it on brand for you too. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's, it's great. It's a, for me, it's a tremendous blessing to have this uh, be part of what I do, uh, even more so now because I I get to hire DJs yeah. and get to put people on. Um, and you know, you're talking about your experience here, how you definitely had a longer stay this time. And the the reason why it was so easy for me to put you in a because you're an amazing person, but also when you came that first time, you knocked it out the park. You know, there's managers that I communicate with, like, hey, how's it going? And we talk about the logistics. But a manager went out of their way to email me, be like, yo, Peter Pancake that dude killed it. Can we have him back next week? I'm like, well, he doesn't live here. So, you know, yeah. and, and, and it was easy for me to, to put you in and have everybody be super excited because you did it. You knocked it out the park. And, you know, for me again, that, that says a lot because you're in a new environment. You didn't know what to expect. You, you know, I try to prompt you and what we want to hear and what the, what, what our brand is. And you really did your homework. You did the, you took the time to nail it. And look that, that hey, went a really long way. I, I paid off the right people. <laughs> I paid them off. He, he paid that manager <laughs> off said, yeah, yo, you, better, yo, you better email Mario. And look, and I got to give Josh props because you know, I was telling this story and I don't know how much time we have for long stories, but I love long stories. Um, I was telling Peter at lunch, like how Josh, how you and I met. And uh, it was the most serendipitous moment. One of the most that I've ever had in my life. And yeah. the reason why it was a no brainer for me because of that moment or a few moments that I had with Josh uh, when I was out of Boston at a, you know, in Vegas and I met him and he kind of showed me this like 
brotherhood and this hospitality that I wasn't used to. And not to say that Boston's aren't Bostonians aren't friendly, not that we have a good reputation of that. Mm-hmm. But here I feel like because the market is small, there's not too many crazy big clubs. It's not like Vegas where there's, you know, 10 really big clubs and there's smaller places. Like we're all fighting for the same dollar. So it's not as hospitable and people kind of a little bit, you know, edgy on how they're able to like showcase another DJ or put somebody on. But Josh, like mm-hmm. the, the, the hospitality you showed me, like I will never forget for the rest of my life. So if you call me, it was like, yo, I got this cousin coming through. Boom. No problem. If I can do something for one of your people, I'm going to do it forever. And I'll tell the story really quick. I was playing a corporate gig on a Wednesday, Thursday, flew in on a Tuesday, and I'd been following a DJ who plays at the Bellagio at Hyde. Um, and I was like, how am I going to get into this club? First of all. So, um, I ended up walking over to the hotel and walking into the club. I see the DJ who's walking in and I'd never met him before in my life. I'm like, Hey, I follow you on Instagram. Are you DJing tonight? He's like, yeah. He's like, who are you with? I'm like, I'm by myself. And he like put his arm around me and walked me into the DJ booth. And I spent eight hours with this top level DJ. Who do you think it is, Josh? Who do you think that is? Uh, I'm assuming DJ conflict, but it is. Yeah. Yo, like, so like, just to be around a dude like that who executes at the highest level, yeah. like was just amazing to me. So, but he like was like, yo, chill in the booth. And then Josh comes in the booth and he's so peace, he's so cool, and no, no like pretentious nature, like just really, really like welcoming, wanted to know about me and what I'm doing and had questions. Also met the homie Justin Nice from Cleveland. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was there. He yeah, was there that, that night too. Uh-huh. So it was magical. Like we spent, I don't know, six, eight hours in the booth, just chilling. And then Mm -hmm. from that point, like Josh and I had a relationship the next time. I don't know if it was the next time or the third time I was there. I had another corporate gig. I'd stayed late too. And I think I communicated with you, Josh. Hey, I'm in town. I'm playing a corporate gig. What's going on? But I didn't know what time I was getting out. And I was literally walking through lobbies of hotels and Josh was chilling. There was a restaurant that had like an open window to the hotel lobby. And he was sitting there. I was like, yo, Josh, what's up? And he's like, hey, what's up? And then he's like, what are you doing now? I'm like, I'm going to put my bag down. And he's like, go put your bag down. He's like, come down. We'll chill. And he brought me to On the Record, which I met another oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. half a dozen super tight DJs that travel the country killing it and are just super. Yeah. Every single person that Josh introduced me to was like, oh, cool you know, Josh. And then like instant, like family, like not even like looking at me, no instant family. And I was like, yo, this changed the way I interact with other DJs because it doesn't have to be competitive. It doesn't have to be restricted or reserved. Like you can be who you are and you can really put it out there and it's how you're received. And like, if you have good intentions, you know, it, it shows, you know, and and that will stick with me forever. So, um, you know, kudos to Josh and his super personality. And (laughs) honestly, bro, you're real, real good dude. For real, man. I appreciate it. Nah, man. I just like to, I mean, whenever I meet DJs period, I just like try and be cool with all of them. And then sometimes, I mean, you know, sometimes you do get that person that's real, like cutthroat competitive. Don't want to talk about now, you know, well, whatever that's, that's you, but you know what I mean? I just like to get to know people and know as many people as possible. I think people are are cool in general and especially well i remember you because you said you were from boston and i never i give you a short story about boston i was supposed to go to boston when i was in a middle school on like a middle school trip 
But in my my school, a bunch of the girls were fighting and there was all this drama. So they ended up canceling the Boston trip. So I've never been to Boston ever since then. So I remember when you said you were from Boston, I was like, oh, I want to know like a bunch about Boston because I don't know. It's like this magical place in my head that I've still never been to. But I don't know. That probably had to do something with it. And you were super cool. I remember you were talking about corporate gigs. I think that was right at the time when I was starting to get like a lot of corporate gigs too. So I was like, like had a bunch of questions for you about that and all that stuff. So I don't know, man, I, I appreciate you. You were nice for giving me so much information and all this stuff on, on a new venture that I was going into is the world of corporate gigs, you know? It's definitely a mutual respect. And um, in those situations where it's not even necessary and you could really get by, especially in a DJ booth for eight hours in a huge club, you really don't have to say much. You really don't. But to be able to like, you you know, you, you, I was a guest there and you realized that and you made me feel comfortable and it really went a long way. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. (laughs) I know you got to come back out here (laughs) or I got to make it out to Boston. Yeah. You definitely need to come to Boston. That's that's big facts for sure. I, I will. Huh? This segues perfectly into uh, the next question. What uh, out of town venue slash out of town gig slash corporate gig are you looking forward to getting back to since COVID? And I've been waiting for these corporate calls like it hasn't happened since, you know, lockdown and pandemic. But this fantastic event producer hit me up about playing in L.A. in September, a two day event. And it's dope. One of the things like I love the most about corporate gigs is that they could be random themed events. And I love the homework portion of it. I love stylizing my set and doing things that I don't get to do on a daily basis. And it's a themed event like um, 1960s rock and roll, Grateful Dead, uh, like 5,000 people. There's going to be a cover band, but they want a DJ to kind of like, you know, be the glue. And I'm, mm. I'm so down to do that. Like, can you do three hours of, of rock and roll? I was like, oh, yeah. For sure. Mm. I, I haven't done that in a long time, uh, but I definitely have the library for it. So I want to prepare. And that's the fingers crossed. I don't I haven't got no contract signed yet, but uh, we're in a good place. So that should be the second or third week of September in L.A., which might make me catch a quick flight to Vegas. Who knows? But we'll be out on the West Coast. That's a good start. Uh, there it is. So dogs breaking in the breaking in the room here. Hey, all right. Um, go. Uh, let me see here. All right. Outside of DJing, corporate, all that. Any trips planned? Uh, yeah, we're going to the Cape in a couple of days. We <laughs> we had a, a trip planned to Aruba as a family uh, for April of 2020, which obviously got canceled when the world got canceled. Mm-hmm. And our consolation prize is a, is a trip to the Cape um, that my wife and I planned on a very cold, snowy February night by the fire, drinking some uh, Pinot Noir. We were super cold. We're like, we need to, we need to be proactive about planning something. So we planned a little trip for uh, the third to the ninth, and we're gonna go down to the Cape as a family. Wait, wait. When you say the Cape, is that like Cape Cod? I don't know Cape what that Cod, means. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Cape, Cape right, for sure. It, it's our, it's our little uh, escape over here in Massachusetts. It's Aww. kind of like the the Riviera of Massachusetts. It's, you know, yeah. there's a lot of beach towns. It's cool. I don't have too much experience going to the Cape. Um, few times. Uh, some of the beaches are super nice and there's there's cool towns where, you know, restaurants and stuff like that, things to do for the kids. So it should be fun. It'll be a nice little break. Nice. That'll be adorable. That'd be nice. Yeah, that's family. Family getaway. And you'll actually be able to take like time for your family, which will be good because I'll be covering for you that weekend, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Part of it. Yeah. There it is. 
that's this uh, is where I kind of have to let go of control because I feel like there's so many things that I want to make sure of. Um, and you know, I'm going to have to let go a little bit the and building, trust the building will be on fire when you get back. Yeah. I'm just letting to you know, trust that my hours, <laughs> my hours of like explaining things to people and telling people how to wrap cords and yeah. like, I get a little crazy about that, but it's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. Uh, you want to get into these, let's get into these rapid fire questions. Yeah. Yeah. So we are on the final segment of the interview. So thank you again for being here with thank us, you. man. This, this is amazing. Been, this has been awesome Chat with my homies. Um, amazing. We need to do like an actual on location so we can do like a connecting bites radio here. Yes. Often. All right, here we go. Uh, Josh, your first. So rapid fire questions, just immediate answer. No thought, just off the cuff. Okay. Go ahead, Josh. All right. You're in the airport. Your flight boards in 20 minutes. What food and drink are you buying before you jump on your flight? Uh, probably Starbucks. Cause I love coffee and I'll probably just eat whatever crappy thing they have there, like a sandwich or like a hummus box or something. And four shots of espresso over ice. You heard it here first honey. with honey, with honey. Dang. You, you don't like sleeping on the plane. Clearly. <laughs> Why? Hey, also, you heard it here first. Somebody from Boston, not getting Duncan. I like the coffee strong. Oh, I don't know, man. Ooh. Hey. All right, here we go. Next question. Your biggest pet peeve when you're DJing and your biggest pet peeve when you travel? Um, I don't like to have dirty hands when I'm DJing. So I never eat. Even if I'm there for 10 hours, I'll get something to go. I just, it's really weird because I'll be starving. I just don't want my hands to be dirty while I'm DJing. Mm -hmm. I wipe down the whatever I'm playing. This is pre-pandemic too with the Lysol wipes and keep it clean. It's little Mark Summers OCD, but it's all good. Hey, also shout out to, to Mario the DJ. Uh, you plugged me with hand sanitizer before I went back to Seattle. That's right. Without being asked, because I just took it. <laughs> I was like siphoning one of his bottles the into office. my tiny bottle. I mean, sometimes you got to do that. yeah. <laughs> just, Especially in 2020, <laughs> April. <laughs> Yo, uh, and then traveling. What's your pet peeve when traveling? Um, I don't know. I, I feel like, again, on a cleanliness, cleanliness level, like coughing, sneezing should be done. Uh, in a, <laughs> so like involuntary. In a shoulder or in uh, your arm or whatever. But no, I I don't know. I'm, I think I'm a pretty easy traveler. I like having the aisle seat because my, leg my legs are longer than most, I guess. So I try to find ways that I could stick them out and trip the flight. Right. Yeah, fair get hit with the, the beverage cart all the time. Fair. All right, Josh, go ahead. Um, all right. What is your favorite restaurant in Boston, but you can't name Lolita or Mario, any place that you do it is your <laughs> favorite Bonds, restaurant. Bonds, one of our other restaurants. It is super dope. It's just, it's like the sexiest, coolest spot. There's a bookcase that moves that takes you to an underground gallery. And honestly, I've only eaten there twice um, and both times were before I even worked for the restaurant group. I, uh, oh, wow. I had my wife's 30th birthday party there and it's just outstanding. It's so good. It's like modern American comfort food. Uh, and the space itself is super dope. Uh, they like, obviously Boston's an old town. Electricity was discovered here. And like, um, uh, there was some Edison bulbs in the basement of like literally Thomas Edison light. Oh shit. Pictures, and they used it. They repurposed it as super oh, dope wow. as artwork. And it's like on the walls, he's all these brass tubes and stuff it's pretty cool yeah. but yeah definitely one of my favorite restaurants in boston what's and what's the name of that place yvonne's yvonne's, yvonne's. Oh, all right french ass name Yo. <laughs> yvonne <Yo>. chalet 
So dope. Can I can I have your number? Uh, all right, here we go. Next question for you. That was a Mad TV reference, by the way. Yeah. Yvonne. He's like, I, I, no. yeah. It's all good. Let, Let it go. Let it go. I'll show I, you. I, I got you, Peter. Don't worry. Thank you. Thank you. There we go. Click. Um, here we go. Next question for you. Rapid fire. If you had to say your name and then one sentence statement that captures like who you are, just like a slogan, what would it be? Oh, that's a good question. That's a super good question. I wasn't ready for that. I don't know. Like a first thing I want to say is like, um, I work hard to get the job done, but it sounds like I'm a pickup truck. Um, and then <laughs> I, I love showing mad love and getting love. I don't know. I just, um, so it'd be Mario show love, get love. Yes. Or Mario. I got a pickup truck. Work hard like a pickup truck. <laughs> old pickup truck sputters but still gets the job done there you go all right josh go ahead all right here we go what is the biggest lesson that you learned over this past pandemic year uh this is a conversation i have with many many people and uh especially with my wife and in terms of like the silver lining to situations i actually caught covid in march and it's debatable whether peter pancake gave it to me or the <laughs> five other groups that i i had in throughout that week the last week of uh pancake never had covid so we're good (laughs) who knows right who knows no but um the silver lining to everything is that the world stopped obviously but i i stopped too and Mm -hmm. i don't know in terms of trajectory the way i was going i was working five days a week most of those were coming home after 2 a.m i have two small children my wife also works Um, she's a a nurse at children's hospital in Boston. So she has a pretty busy schedule. Um, and it was, we were just getting by. Um, it was new to me to have this amount of responsibility and I was really excited to do it. And the way I work is I just really put my head down and try to keep going. Uh, and it was detrimental to my family life and it was detrimental to my health and the silver lining of stopping, um, was the fact that I got to reassess and, and spend time with my family, uh, and I feel like in, in, you know, in all seriousness that my kids, they really benefited from me being around mm-hmm. once I recovered from COVID and actually being able to do things uh, to be around that amount of time. Um, and that's definitely the, the silver lining of, you know, yeah. having to go through those restrictions and, and, you know, being cut out of everything. Quality time. Quality uh, time. And just like the formative years of your kids too. Like, if you really think about it, like what an opportunity to really get to know them yeah and, and really, color like yeah. we, we colored all the time heck yeah because what else are you gonna do look at that yeah all right here we go last question for you have you ever missed a flight and if yes tell us about it i have never missed a flight i was gonna say you seem like you would have never missed a flight you're, you're on top of it four hours the closest, early four hours early to the airport the closest no definitely not the closest <laughs> i got was having a trip with a few of my homies, uh, we went to LA and we did not sleep for four days. At that point, I had only been out of LA for like five years. So I had so many people to visit and yeah. so many friends that it was really nonstop. I was with four buddies and one of them met the girl of his dreams. Nothing happened, but he <laughs> thought it was right. And literally we're going to the airport and he like was like, yo, I'll meet you there. I'm like, like we're getting in the car we're gonna go we're we're traveling as a unit we're leaving as a unit he's like no no i'm gonna spend a couple more hours with whatever her name is and i'll meet you there 
And really they held the plane for us. Like, and I definitely half an hour, they held it on the runway for us. Cause this dude was like on his way and we're like, we had bags together and it was just like crazy, but that was the closest I've ever come, Ooh. but we made it. We got on the plane again, angels guiding us like my cell phone. Yeah. Like my Peter phone. lost his cell phone and he called it just now. And somebody at South Station, which is probably the busiest train and bus terminal in Boston, somebody answers like, "Hi, this is Lost and Found at South Station." We have oh your- shit, gang, gang. what? Uh, what? That okay. what a what a and and what kind of phone do you have? It's a iPhone SE, the brand newest, newest one. Oh, I got no, I got that one. So oh oh okay, his total his bat phone. All right, full, full disclosure. The trap phone, ring, ring. Eh? Full disclosure. Wow. This is the second time I've lost his work phone in three weeks. I lost it in Charleston. Wow. So I left it on the plane in Charleston, and lost and found had it for me. But I had my I had my sticker face on it, so I went to the lost and found. So this is the second, regrettably, the second time in three weeks that I've lost this phone. <laughs> and he was like, "I look like the guy that's on the sticker on the yeah. phone. So I'm gonna come get it. It's me." Yeah. So no ID, question. Hey, your ID. It's just you try to get rid of work by leaving your work phone, and somebody ends up I think finding people it. just need one phone. It's man. It's so nice to have separation though. I hear that any any school related call just goes straight to the work phone, mm-hmm. which keeps this one available just for me being a loser. And, you know, what that girl that you held her hand, she may call. I you. did hold her hand for at least like 15 seconds. It was it was a moment. That's yeah. nice. We follow each other on Instagram now, so it's pretty much official. Wow. It's cool. Yeah. Pretty much. Y'all getting married. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Mario, please plug your socials right now. How can people get a hold of you? How can they find yeah. you? Mario, the DJ. That's my handle on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, my website is escaudio.com. ESC, every second counts audio, escaudio.com. And there's links to music and a page to solicit business mm-hmm. and tons of pictures of things that I've done. Um, a lot of POV stuff from like cool runway shows and big parties and small parties. Um, awesome. Yeah, check it out. And, Hit up your boy. Now you are going to be providing us a mix for I this am. podcast. Have you figured out which one you want to use? Or are you going to make one new or I, I want to give you one. Uh, I actually made a bunch of dope mixes for when we were shut down. So okay. I, uh, I couldn't perform live. So I made what was crazy. I ended up making a bunch of remixes, like making these mixes, mixtapes. I'm like, oh, that's, you know, an evil that like, if you're in production, like you have a limited amount, uh, unlimited amount of capabilities. So I did a bunch of really cool remixes uh, in this mix, but I was actually listening to my set from this weekend and it came out pretty fun. So I might just chop a chunk of that. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear a three hour set from me. So um, (laughs) I'll I'll just drop it into like 30 minutes or something. Whatever you want, man. If you want to get a three hour, we'll run a three hour. Okay. Yeah. We, uh, we've had a, a good amount of people say they love, longer mixes because when they're working they can they can zone out oh, with it all right um which is also why we love these like long form interviews is because if people are working a desk job they have like a good few hours of content that they can consume yeah. them, so. or if people are traveling is like the best also true yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean honestly that's when i get a chance to listen to things if i'm if i have more than my usual commute is like 20 to 30 minutes so i don't yeah. even have uh the time to like dig into something but like yeah. on a train or at the airport i'm 100 listening to right. connecting flights yeah. radio catching up on episodes that i hadn't listened to so and so if people are coming to boston hit you up definitely hit all me right. up awesome for sure awesome. come through we're out here we're doing it 
All right. So you heard it here first. Mario will literally pick you up from the airport. <laughs> Give him five stars on yeah, Uber. Five stars. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mario, thank you so much for joining Thanks us for today. Thanks for having me, lads. So yeah, you're thank you. Hear, Good to see you. What you're going to hear next is an exclusive mix uh, for us from Mario. It might not be exclusive just for us, but um, a mix from Mario, the DJ himself. And then we will see you guys in the next episode. Yeah, yeah. Around.
bouncy up Get you excited and call a boyfriend up What's the plan without the plan B? We can meet up at the huddle house for the TD To stand by like a buddy pass While I watch this beautiful thing shake that Hey ladies, drop it down Just wanna see you touch the ground Don't be shy girl, blow for dance Shake your body like a belly dancer Hey ladies, drop it down Just wanna see you touch the ground Don't be shy girl, blow for dance Bubble, take it, cock it, then juggle. Uh, double up, double, 
styles, can't even pronounce the name. You ain't got no style, see you on my Instagram. I be rocking it like it's fresh out the pan. Only when I'm taking pics, I'm the middleman. Walk talking like a boss, I just lift a hand. Three main cash, call me Rain Man. Money like a shower, that's my rain dance. And we all in black, like it's gangland. She can get a taste. She can get a taste. Fuck what a nigga say. It's all the same like Mary Kay.
make you know It's a high, kill them with the no Just make a boy know you're not blow It's a high, kill them with the no No boy ain't got no secret for your go-go It's a high, kill them with the no Joke bahu, joke bahu, 
Wanna be like me, never You won't find a chick that's even better I make it hot as Las Vegas weather Listen up close while I take it backwards Okay, I begins to get this in here with you I'm not a prostitute, but I can give you what you want I love your brains and your mouth full of phones You know the way my butt boom, 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 boom. Keep your eyes on mama, boom, 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 boom And think you can handle this, the boom, 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 Take my thumb off and my tail go boom Cut the lights on so you see what I can do Is it worth it? Let me work it I put my thing down, flip it and reverse it It's your every minute for playing the anthem It's your every minute for playing the anthem
Let's get down, let's get down to business Give you one more night, one more night to get this We've had a million, million nights just like this So let's get down, let's get down to business Let's get down, let's get down to business Give you one more night, one more night to get this We've had a million, million nights just like this Who I am Back in high school I used to bust it to the dance yeah. 
Motherfucker hammer time like Yeah. 
altercation On the low, basement floor, they say money talk, we hear my conversation Oh, yo body, baby, got the love, I got a hundred patients I'm so real, real estate, I play high and seek on a hundred acres Every day I smoke a hundred papers, ESPN, Lakers fan I'm not P, D, D, but I can damn show, make a band Oh, shake that, dance, make a dance Take shots, then break the glass I'm like, come on, come on, come on, let's get it She like, hold on, hold on, hold on, I'm with it I'm like, damn girl, you bad, you the baddest in the city Always laughing to the bank She like, damn boy, you silly
with the remix. These boys are my sons like Phoenix. My city and state never ever seen this. Jimmy Neutron, I'm a young boy genius. On a full time, I'ma give her that penis. When this shit's done, I'ma fill up arenas. Ooh, like Gilbert Arenas. Shoot my shot, I'm still with the demons. Ooh, I keep it thorough. I got five chicks in New York, that means one in each borough. I'm in the pocket like Burl. When I'm back home, no, they treat me like Robert De Niro. Took her to talk about butter or churl. Took her home, gave her a cinnamon swirl. I left it in, now I got a one euro. Zeros on zeros on zeros. That's what my bank account balance say. I got a check from a shoe company, now I do anything in New Balance say. I bought her a plane to get out of state. I got me a shorty from Runaway, said I'm in town today. She said she coming over and she down to stay. I got a hit, she been playing that shit, so when she pull up on me, I know what she about to say. What's poppin'? Brand new whip, just hopped in. I got options, I can pass that bitch like Stockton. Just joshin', I'ma spend this holiday locked in. My body got rid of them toxins. In the top 10. Callin' my bitch, tell her bring me that noggin' Brain real good, she a scholar I like a thing with low mileage Good brain with no college Call me the baby, no Tyler I'm real creative and stylish F-in my dental I send that hit, make them spin em. And I just flew back from L.A. on the jet Yesterday I go back and forth like I play tennis I fuck with your hoe, yeah, I feel for it Still on the billboard, the number one song in UK And now they got so fucking rich All these hoes on my dick I said, don't give a fuck what you say She eat it like a Batman nigga Whoop a nigga like I'm Batman nigga I just put up in the Batmobile The reason I ain't fucking with these rap ass niggas Cause they cap ass niggas and they rap ain't real Believe me, you wanna keep your life and take it Easy. I'm rockin' water, diamonds need a squeegee These niggas water down, they drinkin' Fiji My whip is orange and brown like I'm in Cleveland My bitch is mellow, yellow like a soda These niggas tired of tell us I'm a soldier Hey, somebody tell them niggas that it's over You know it, baby, nigga Callin' my phone like I'm locked up non-stop From the plane to the helicopter, yeah Cops pullin' up like I'm giving drugs out, nah, nah I'm a pop star, not a doctor Callin' my phone like I'm locked up non-stop From the plane to the
Spanish. Had a too nasty. Talk big, big, but my bank account matching. Hood, but I'm classy. Rich, but I'm ratchet. Haters kept my name in their mouth, not a gag it. He say the way that thing move is a movie I told him, bro, we gotta keep it lowly, me the room key How them bled the block and now it's high, 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 I'm mood and I'm moody I'm a savage okay. Classy, bougie, ratchet okay. Sassy, moody, hey, nasty hey, yeah. Hacking, stupid, what was happening? What was happening? I'm a savage okay. Classy, bougie, ratchet Start our only fans. Big B and that B stand for bands. If you wanna see some real ones, baby, here's your chance. I say left cheek, right cheek, drop it low and swing. Texas up in this thing, put you up on this game. I be popping my frame, gang, 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 gang. If you don't jump to put jeans on, baby, you don't feel my pain. He gon' give me hype. Write my name in ice. Can't argue with these lazy basics. I just raise my price. I'm a boss. I'm a leader. I pull up in my two seater. And my mama was a savage. Look, I got this here from Tina. I'm a savage. Yeah. Classy, bougie, ratchet. Sassy, moody, nasty. Hacking, stupid. What's happening? What's happening? I'm a savage. Yeah. Classy, bougie, ratchet. Sassy, moody, nasty. Hacking, stupid. What's happening? Like the stallion with the knees He be like, damn, how that thing moving in the jeans I even think on L couldn't do it like me Like me
stop the recording.